This is a Housemade Podcast. We're your hosts, Nick Bobbin and John Vieira. We're here to cover your questions about home bartending. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Uh, we're back again, Housemade Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about Angostura bitters. Uh, last time, if you listened to that episode, we were talking about just kind of bitters as an overview. And today we're going to kind of zone in a little bit about the history and the lineage of Angostura. Yeah. And so for everybody that's listening that doesn't know what Angostura is, they're the little bitters bottles that you've seen in a grocery store or in the liquor store. Uh, they have a this is escaping me. The color of the bottle. I think it's, it's like, like brown. a dark brown. Yeah. yeah, like an amber. Sorry, or something the amber like is that. the word I was looking yeah. for. My brain, <laughs> my brain just seized there for a second. I've been drinking. <laughs> um, amber colored bottle, big oversized white label, like literally sticks up like an inch off the neck of the bottle, and bright yellow cap. Yeah, the label definitely looks like a mistake. Yeah, and I don't know if it is or not. It's so, always been their thing. It has. And so I don't know how true it is because it didn't come off their website, but I was reading a blog and apparently back in the 1800s, right, when the brothers started to take over the company, they were designing packaging for a contest and they didn't talk to each other. Mm. And they both produced, one produced the label, one produced the bottle. And then when they they put it together, they're like, well, dang it. Can't just cut this because it's got a (laughs) lot of writing on there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, supposedly they kept it. I mean, it doesn't, it, it definitely looks weird. It's but very it, iconic. It's it's iconic and it doesn't necessarily like keep you from using the product. No, because so. the inside of the paper is still like actually tacky most of the time. So when you grab it, it just crinkles around the top anyways. Yeah. Super weird. Uh, anyway, they, <laughs> they have kind of an interesting uh, history. Which a lot of this, one, as I was looking it up, I, I didn't know offhand. Uh, and it was very interesting to learn about. Angostura, if you're not aware, is by far the biggest name. In the bitters game. In, in bitters, period. And they make some incredible stuff. They make also some incredible stuff that's not bitters. Yeah. They make, uh, what is it, the uh, Angostura de, or uh, no, Amaro. Amaro, Amaro de, de Angostura, Angostura, yeah. Which is literally just a less alcohol version of their bitters. Yeah, it drinks very similar to uh, when I drink it. I kind of think of like something like a Chinar or mm-hmm. something. It's it's pretty sweet. It's like thirty or thirty five percent ABV. Yeah. It's absolutely delicious. Though. Oh, it's like the best after dinner drink. Yeah, it's just a dessert drink. It's like it's like Christmas in a glass. It's it's amazing. Uh, not technically available in Idaho at this time. If you guys are around here, you'll have to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we keep asking for it, and the state says there's comparable products. Yeah, the, there's state's, not. the state's pretty cool. If the state at any point is listening to this podcast... Bring um, it, that in, please. Bring that in, and also stop being a bunch of dicks. <laughs> um, okay, but the interesting thing about these guys is that they date back a long way so yeah early um, 1800s yeah uh, before that oh wow okay so uh so take old, me on a journey <laughs> old johan siegert that's probably not how you say his name at all uh but he was born in 1796 wow um he he lives in uh, angostura venezuela with his family right hmm. uh 
and he's uh, he moved there from Germany in like 1820 or something. So born in uh, 1796, and then uh, moves there with his family, early 1800s, and he actually so moved wait, wait, there. Wait. He he was born in Angostura. Or his family moved from Germany. To no, Angus, sorry, right? that was confusing. I wrote yeah, these notes very sloppily. He was born in Germany. Oh, he was born in moved Germany. Moved to Angostura, oh, Venezuela gotcha. with okay. his family in I was like, these timelines, those times are different. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are backwards. Sorry, I was just jotting things very quickly. No, you're good. Okay. Um, so he, he moved there to actually serve as the Surgeon General of uh, the army, the armies of Simon Bolivar. Okay. I don't know what that is. Well, somebody important then. But yeah, yeah, he was a he was a guy. So uh, he moved there to do that thing, and then uh, by 1824 he had kind of perfected this formula uh, for what was called amargo aromatico, hmm. which was used uh, in medical practice as like an elixir for soldiers. Mm. So it was kind of like what we were talking about in the last episode, yep, where yep, it's like on this, the bitters, yeah, yeah, it's like this medical like you know this a, a cure all almost, yeah, if yeah, cure all. Yeah. Um, and so he he had kind of perfected this. Um, so anyway, he started. Uh, he started exporting and aromatic. That was, that was in eighteen twenty, though he said, or somewhere in that time frame. Uh, eighteen twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he uh, he starts there, right? So yeah, he's, yeah. This isn't Angostura bitters yet. Yeah, yeah. But he has he has uh, some sons, and he wants to start up, you know, this family business. And so by around eighteen seventy five. The family business basically moves to Trinidad uh-huh. and was kind of beginning to be ran by his sons. Well, okay. So, cause that makes that guy really old. So it was, was it totally run by his sons then? Cause, oh, so one of the things that I read online was that they actually moved to Trinidad because Angostura was politically unstable. Um, yeah, I'm sure. So yeah, uh, Johan... Siegert, the guy that kind of started this all, uh-huh. he's not necessarily one of the big driving forces behind oh, what we know gotcha. of as Angostura okay. today. It was his sons that kind of took, took over the company. And, yeah, they kind of took that company gotcha. and and made it what it is. But he's he's that he, starting. He's point. the inventor. Yeah. Um, and so by 1875, when they do move to Trinidad and all that kind of stuff, it's basically his three sons that are kind of running the show and and building this company. Okay. And so it was under the name uh, J G B Siegert and Hijos H I J O S. Okay, but it was a uh, bitters manufacturing, basically out of Port of Spain, Trinidad. Hmm. Okay. So that was kind of where it all starts as far yeah, yeah. as Angostura is okay. concerned. And this one more time, eighteen seventy something. Eighteen seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. So once Angostura is up and off the grounds. Um, we start to see a lot of accolades coming their way. So it was awarded the Medal of Excellence in Vienna at one mm. point. Uh, got a gold medal for product excellence at the World Trade Fair in Philadelphia. Hmm. Uh, so it was getting a lot of, you know, a lot of traction. All these uh, late 1800s? Yeah, late 1800s. Okay. And then, you know, kind of as you come into like 1900s, um, you're kind of talking about the golden age of, of cocktails, the cocktails, yeah. right? That's where Jerry Thomas is from, all the big part, yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so once that happens, I mean, Ango was just kind of right place at the right time. Oh, yeah. Because. Because it w- winds up being in every cocktail. Yeah. I mean, any, it was, any cocktail from this era that has bitters in it has Angostura in it. Right. And it was pretty much firmly rooted into like, you know, the UK, Europe, USA. 
at that point because all these drinks like, you know, old fashioned in Manhattan and stuff like that, they've got Angostura. That's one mm-hmm. of the three ingredients. Oh, yeah. Like you have to have it. It's not the same. I don't know if you guys have ever tried a Manhattan without Ango, but it sucks. No, it, it's not. It's not I good. Mean, yeah. No. And then same, same with an old fashioned. It's just sugar and bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So uh, uh, moving forward a little bit, we got 1903 here. Um, Carlos, uh, one of his sons, Carlos Siegert, uh, he passes away, which left uh, his brothers Alfredo and youngest brother Luis in possession of the formula, which is basically top secret. And, oh, they're and one the of those company. companies still top secret too. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, you don't know what's in there. No, because if they told you, you'd try just to just make it. Yeah, yeah. you try to make it, which you probably still so couldn't do. Good. I mean, you can get really close. Uh, but basically, under the direction of those two brothers that were still around, um, the company just absolutely flourished. So they kind of continued on to um, stamp their name in history, more or less. Mm. Uh, so basically, around 1906, uh, which I think you looked up this information well, okay, about. Okay, so it, the, was, it was very specifically, it was just for the United States. So the Pure Food Pure Food and Drug, Drug Act. Act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had to do with labeling requirements and what was allowed to go into food products and what wasn't allowed to go into food products. Because in this time period, everyone's selling bitters as medicine in the United States, along with other a whole bunch of other things. It read that like people were dying fruit with like extremely toxic poisonous dyes. And apparently there was some big thing um, in the meat packing plants in Chicago. That was like the catalyst of this whole uh, thing that essentially started the ball rolling to form the FDA. Gotcha. Which regulates all of our food in America for what's safe for consumers to put into their body. Yeah, because, I mean, so basically to recap, up until this point, all of this was basically unregulated. It's an alcoholic product, technically, but it was... Like, in America, literally up until, shoot, right at 1900 through the 1930s, free game, whatever you wanted to do. There was literally almost zero laws. Yeah. There's no regulation whatsoever, and then the government just started, you know, tweaking different areas was spurred on by a lot of different things. Some like the great depression. Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of regulation that came out of that. (laughs) I mean, so basically this, this act, this uh, pure food and drug act in the USA uh, made a lot of big changes for bitters companies. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that it put lots of them out of business. Um, You know, the labels had to be pretty clear. Yeah. Um, Do you have, do you have more notes on that one? Not necessarily. I didn't okay. look into the act a whole bunch. It was just kind of that time stamp where it was like, this was where Ango was thriving in the U.S. and uh-huh. then things changed and they had to adapt, which yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I know I know for us, like if we're going to make bitters, you have to ask the government. <laughs> and you're like, I know I'm producing an alcoholic product, but it's not meant to be consumed like alcohol. Yeah. And then you have to get it essentially regulated by the FDA then at that point and then that just the labeling requirements on FDA stuff the the stinking packets like 35 40 pages that's a deterrent it's like if you don't care enough they're just going to scare you away I with bet the packet you it's more i anyways i can't remember it might be hundreds of pages I, I don't remember the from for doing all the bottles on the labels and all that kind of stuff it's crazy like where the placement is of certain things has to be certain ways and your font can only be a certain size and like some things can be vertical and some things can't be vertical and it's like it's 
there's a lot. And it's like, it's all label requirements. It's all packaging. Yeah. And that's also somebody's job to sit there and decide what has to be vertical and what can be horizontal. True. I mean, just pretty funny. I kind of get it. Cause like as a consumer, you want to be able to look at the package and be like, Oh, this isn't going to kill me. Yeah, but also, like, I don't care if I have to read that vertically or horizontally as long as it's on the label. That's how, yeah. Anyway, kind of weird. Anyways, side uh, tangent. Back to Angostura in 1906. Right, so the, that that act had changed a lot of stuff for the distribution in the USA. They had to adapt and kind of overcome. Uh, and then, obviously, as you move more forward you you're dealing with prohibition which was just a weird time for everyone now angostura i don't know specifically but they were probably still uh able to be marketed as like a bitter medical medicine yeah you know bitter type thing uh because for net bronca was also able to do the same thing they were still Mm -hmm. able to be sold Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. uh you know apothecaries and and stuff like that Uh, Um, pharmacies at that pharmacies Yeah. yeah uh because they were they were uh, one of those kind of cure-all things. It was like a digestive. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. an elixir of some kind. Yep. I'm sure sales went down. Well, actually not because this is, you still get a lot of cocktails yeah. rolling around in that area. So, okay. Yeah. But by 1940, kind of at the close of all of that, um, you know, that's basically when tiki culture came around. And um, then Angostura <laughs> was in everything. Yeah. Angostura is <laughs> big in tiki. And for good reason. It's a perfect pairing yeah. with a lot of these rum-based cocktails. So 1944, we saw Trader Vic, you know, come out with his uh, famous Mai Tai recipe, which was at its core, Angostura and rum. Yep. So... That was uh, that was kind of a, a long road that they took to get to that level, that status that they had reached, at least in the U.S. Um, but by that point, they had essentially just completely sealed themselves in history as like, we are the kings oh, of man. bitters. We at the bar, we buy, <laughs> so we buy Angostura in 16-ounce bottles, which for those of you guys that don't know, most of the ones you see at the liquor stores are like two ounce bottles. I think they're four. Oh, they they're four. Okay, I, think they're I thought four. they made both. They probably do. Or maybe I... no, maybe it's four and ten, and sixteen. Anyways, we buy the big big bottles and we blow through probably a case a month or more. You know what's strange is even though we're not a high volume bar, I bet you we blow through more Angostura than any other bar in the valley. Ah. Uh, I probably than more than like a couple of them combined. Yeah. I really, I really think we do, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's based off of the, the drinks that we serve. Obviously mm-hmm. an old fashioned is our number one cocktail oh, yeah. and Manhattan's definitely up there. When you start looking at these early American cocktails, Angostura is everything. It's in everything. Yeah. Right. And so when you have that kind of cocktail program, you're going to be pushing Ango. Yep. I've also heard in other markets that can get that Amaro de Angostura or whatever, mm-hmm. especially tiki bars, they'll use that in place of the Ango. I could see that. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I could do that. <clears throat> Dear state of Idaho. <laughs> Dear Idaho, <laughs> please give yep. us more fun toys. Uh, okay. And so that leads us up to what, their newest invention? Uh, well, kind of. So... There was a lot of groundwork to be laid up until, you know, let's just call it 2000, right? So many, many years of Angostura flourishing and being just badasses. 
So then, many, in, many, like a couple hundred. Yeah, like close to a couple hundred years. Okay, cool. Uh, so Angostura decides in 2007, or they probably decided a long ways before this, but this was when the product came out. Uh, 2007, Angostura released their Ango Orange Bitters, mm. right? Which, Which are pretty good too. They're amazing. So if you guys, I don't know who's listening to this right now, but if you are a fan of bitters and you already have experience with some different orange bitters, you know that Angostura orange bitters is like dope. It's the gold standard, right? There are other orange bitters that exist that are very good. And there's many that you can buy that are complete crap compared to it. Well, the thing with Ango bitters just in general is their flavor is so potent. It is. It's it, and you just one dash into anything, and it's it never is lost for sure. And there's almost nothing bitter, <laughs> bitter. Mm. I meant to say better. There's almost nothing better than a classic martini, however mm-hmm. you like it, dry, fifty oh, yeah. fifty, whatever your flavor is. But a martini, however you like it, with a couple dashes of that Angostura orange bitters in there. Yep, it's incredible. Uh, but anyway, that was launched worldwide in two thousand seven, and it was kind of their first innovation in a while in a long time uh 2014 a little while after that brought us um the uh amaro de angostura that we've been talking about mm-hmm. that so that's a relatively new product wow, that's and crazy it, new it's yeah it's a lot newer than i thought yeah but okay. it's incredible that was delicious and then uh, i mean uh, i didn't just, know this but what about the rums that I, they apparently I, make i don't know i i tasted them at tails two three years ago and that's about all i could tell you it's crazy. I was on their website the other day and I didn't see like anything about it. Obviously you had it pulled up and I saw it on there, so I believe you. Uh I believe you. But it but it was not advertised hardly at all. Well, think about all the advertising that Angostura does regularly. It's none. Yeah. I've, kinda, ne- I've never <laughs> seen an ad for Ango ever. <laughs> they they kind of don't have to, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they do in like Europe though. I, I don't even know who distributes them. I don't either. Because, like, none of our reps that come in are trying to, like, oh, have you guys seen this? Ango? I mean, granted, they'd know what we do, but, like, at least they'd be like, hey, thanks for buying Ango. Well, I guess we don't actually buy it from them. Oh, I wonder if they're even regulated like a rep since See, they're a food that's, product. That's what I'm wondering. Huh. Maybe, they, what, maybe their own distribution, like Coca-Cola is. That's what I'm wondering because they're in, like, grocery stores and stuff, too. Yeah. Like, it's completely bypassing Hmm, that whole industry. Mm, these are great questions. I want to know this. I'll, so, I'll do some digging. I'll let you know. Dear state of Idaho. Amaro de Angostura. Please bring Amaro de Angostura in, but also please bring these rums in. Because I've been drinking a lot of rum lately, and I really want to try, try these. Those. Oh, you know what? Uh, something we should talk about on Angostura, too, that I didn't even know was a thing. I went into the store the other day and saw a purple-capped Angostura. Ooh. What was it? It was cocoa, right? Yeah, it's Angostura and, and cocoa. And it was banging. It's really delicious. Uh, they kept, which this is so great about their like their marketing. They it's, keep it's, the look. They, yep, it's the same exact cap. Well, except instead of being bright yellow, the like orange is like bright orange, and instead of that, it, like this one's bright purple, but it's the same right. oversized label. Yes, everything in a, in a black and white world, you could mistake them for each the other. Same, yeah. I love that about them. I love the consistency in the packaging. These cocoa bitters are fantastic because they have they have like a really good um, you know like that that chocolatey kind of cocoa thing to them, but they also have a lot of dimension. It's mm-hmm. not just that. Uh, so they do still have some of that allspice in there. They've got some of that zip that when you put it in a cocktail, like comes through. It comes through. It That's tastes great. awesome. 
Uh, I we were just talking about this before this episode. Um, I think those cocoa bitters would taste really, really delicious in a great summertime cocktail like a mojito. Yep. Uh, so if you guys did, you know, almost like a basic mojito recipe, you could also sub out, um, you know, your sweetener for something else. You could use like the ginger syrup or anything like that. You could also sub your your lime juice for lemon if you wanted to get weird. But essentially, even if you just took that basic mojito recipe and you put a little bit of those uh, cocoa bitters in there, I bet you that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Uh, so... Real quick, let's talk about some great cocktails that use Angostura bitters. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Trinidad Sour. <laughs> Which, after we talk about this, almost nothing else will matter. <laughs> exactly. Trinidad Be- Sour. It's using Angostura as an ingredient, not as a, as a bitter. Uses a full ounce of Angostura, which sounds insane. This drink... Insanely expensive. Insanely expensive. This drink is phenomenal, though. Oh, man, because it's a full ounce of Ango, a full ounce of rye. Yep. And then is it like three-quarter lemon, three-quarter orgeat, or is it one-one? I think it's three-quarter. Yeah. Um, And then an egg white shaken, served, you know, up. It's, yeah, Trinidad Sour. It's awesome. It's like this really, really deep red color. It's, It's like... It is literally like Thanksgiving slash Christmas in yeah. glass. Uh, we made a couple at my house uh, on Sunday with that Engo that you brought over. Yeah. And then Pat liked it so much that I watched him take one home last night too after work. <laughs> it's it's pretty phenomenal. I was like, uh, I almost did it too, but I didn't. I, it's pretty I phenomenal. Um, <laughs> normally. It's like use, one or two dashes. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a couple dashes. You wouldn't necessarily use like uh, a full ounce of it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you so certainly like can. A, so like an old-fashioned then, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, old-fashioned Manhattan, some of these drinks you're talking about, I don't know, two, three good dashes of it in there. Mm-hmm. little goes a long way because it's very, very potent. Yep. Almost all tiki drinks. Yeah, most tiki drinks definitely have... They either have Angostura or they have other ingredients that are trying to emulate the fact that Angostura should be in there. Mm -hmm. For instance, like allspice dram and some other stuff like that. Yeah. So Ango is amazing for rum. Oh, yeah. Probably because we're not sure, but I would venture to guess that it's probably rum-based Angostura itself. I think it probably... I mean, think about where it's coming from. Yep. And think about the other things that are coming out of their like distillery. Exactly. Yeah. It's rum based. Oh, what uh, what other drinks? So we got old fashioned Manhattan, Trinidad Sour, every tiki cocktail on the planet. So we talked on the last episode about uh, bitters in general, and so we were talking about pacho bitters. There's a lot of great drinks that have uh, pachos and ango combined. Mm-hmm, so you've mm-hmm. got something like the Vucare. Oh yes, right. So you've got a couple dashes of ango, and you've got like three dashes of the pachos. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a fantastic combination, by the way, and also a fantastic drink if yeah. you've not had one of those. Which I know it's not traditional, but we also do our Sazeracs at the bar that way, too. Yes. Yeah, we put a little Ango in our Sazeracs as God, well. so good. Which I think goes a long way. I know it's technically illegal. <laughs> um, but it's, it's that combination, those, the, those two together, I mean, it's like... They're good. They're sidekicks, man. Yeah. I don't know how you can both be sidekicks so that was a bad analogy but you know what i mean it's like batman and robin yeah but which one's batman Mm, i'm gonna go batman with ango i would too just because i mean pay or pay is like red so 
That's like that's like Robin's <laughs> outfit, and Ango's black. So I mean, Ango's like kind of red too, though. Yeah, but like when you look at the bottle, it's it's black. Well, the moral of the story is that they taste fantastic together. So especially with darker spirits, anything uh, whiskey, uh, rum, anything like that. If you have a bottle of Angostura, and especially a bottle of Peixos, uh, you should experiment with this stuff because almost any drink can benefit from a little bit of Angostura. So, like, think of a daiquiri, right? Classic daiquiri. Amazing. It's pretty damn good if you put some Angostura in it as well. Just a couple dashes. Even one dash uh, gives it kind of a nice, like, pink, you know, hue to it. Yeah. I think the mojito would be great with those cocoa ones. Martini's amazing with the orange. You could try a drink with all three. You could get weird. I mean, there's just so many options. There's almost unlimited options with how you can use this stuff. I was try- I was trying to look up more drinks, and all these blogs I'm getting are so. Well, there's so oh, many. That's well, yeah, and they're all like uh, original recipes to them, and all that. Right kind there's of stuff. There, and there's a ton of original stuff out there. There's a lot of really great resources. Uh, punch.com is a really great website for a lot of original cocktails from different notable bars um, Mm -hmm. around the country. And there's some really great cocktails in in there that you can get some inspiration from or that if you have all those ingredients you can make, but they are all modeled after these classics, right? And almost all of these classics have Angostura. So the point of all this is get an Angostura bottle. Our our (laughs) cocktail culture in America as we know it would literally not exist in the same way if it were not for Angostura bitters. Mm -hmm. So to that, we tip our hats. Yeah. Go try it if you haven't tried it. And uh, catch us back uh, next week. We're going to talk about rye whiskey. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we'll put Angostura in that too. Yeah, we probably will. It's good. It's a really good combo. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.